Welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's podcast. Hello and welcome back to Working On It, NTU Employability's careers-based podcast, helping you answer the ultimate question of what's next for you and your degree. We had the summer off, but we're back better than ever with a brand new format. That's right, you heard me. From now on, working on it, we'll have the pleasure of not only inviting one, but two guests who share the same degree to discuss their career journey so far and the different, possibly unconventional directions they've taken it. So, without further ado, I'm Diana Pasek Atkinson, and today's episode is all about a degree in criminology. And joining me today to discuss this are Dominic Underwood, Policy and Scrutiny Officer at Nottinghamshire Police and Crime Commissioner's Office, and Lois Warner, Project Manager at Civil Service Faststream. Hello, both of you. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well today. I'm, I'm enjoying a little bit of sunshine, actually. I don't know whether it's sunny with you, but there's a glow coming through the window. <laughs> it's so overcast over here right now. It's on the brink of raining, but we're just waiting for it. <laughs> oh, okay. But you're not wearing your thermal underwear yet, anybody? Because <laughs> you, know, you don't want to peak too soon in October, do you? <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> okay, so before we get properly into today's conversation, I think it's about time that we see which of the icebreaker challenges we have in store for us today. Roll the jingle! So the icebreaker challenge is something we like to do with all of our guests to, you guessed it, break the ice. And today's icebreaker challenge is a quick round of what the emoji a game in which we'll be given a list of scenarios described to us through emojis and for this episode because it's all about criminology we'll be getting crime detective film tv shows so i hope you're fans of criminology both you know as a career and as a genre perhaps <laughs> So the first set of emojis, and I'm going to have to describe this for the audience as well, um, is a police officer, the FR, um, a football, a hamburger and a diamond. So... Oh, you're both off. looking really I'm puzzled. rubbish at these. I was about to say, I'm, I'm so stumped. Usually it's quite easy. It's it's a little, um, it's a magnifying glass and, and the Sherlock Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and then easy. you could just go Oh, you see, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. if we're giving you Sherlock Holmes, that would have been far too easy. So this is a classic, this one. And oh. um, I mentioned before we started recording that I've got a dog in the room. There is a joke about dogs in this film. Um, and, and if okay. we were to say Steve Martin, might that help you? Uh, really bad accent. I think you're just highlighting my disconnect with pop culture. This is a very old one. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, my parents are going to kick And a new one, I suppose, as well, because it was updated. Okay. Um, it's got a colour in the title. Oh, come on, come on. I'm going to have to pass. I'm going to have to pass, but I'm probably yeah. going to kick myself if you're saying I'm going to kick myself. Pink Panther. <laughs> oh. Does your dog bite? Do you not remember that? No? Okay. No. Okay. Well, we're mo moving swiftly on. <laughs> Lois is still looking confused. Here comes the next five. So there is woman's face, two old men with glasses, a skull and crossbones, and a microphone. Absolutely no. no idea. We've yeah. got a really good score so far. You're passing yeah. on this one as well. <laughs> Only murders in the building. 
I've not even heard of that. I've never heard of that. So, <laughs> not doing um, too well. We're not, we're not doing too well. <laughs> Third time lucky, okay? So. <laughs> do we get kicked off the podcast if we don't do too? Uh, no, <laughs> no. We're still going to have a conversation, even if you fail on this. Third time lucky. I'm, I'm feeling good about this. So, a running person, a running person, a helicopter, a police car, and a monkey with hands over eyes. One word answer on this one. Oh, Lois. I wouldn't really think it's the right programme. I was going to say The Hunted. Yes. Oh. <laughs> At least you got one. Applause. <laughs> well done, Lois. That is brilliant. Yes. Right, I'm Hunted. TV show on Channel 4. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Let's have a talk about the criminology degree. That's what this episode is really all about. Um, and before we start chatting about that degree in particular, just wanted to ask you, why criminology? What made you choose that degree? Dominic, do you want to start us off? Why criminology? Yeah, sure. So I did a very um, sort of classic route. So in my A-levels, I did um, psychology and sociology as, a, mm. as um, sort of classic social sciences. And um I don't know I just I felt in the sort of the job remit of what you can do with criminology you're very hands-on um and you're dealing with the dirt and the rough and the tumble and the you know you're helping victims and offenders and I don't know I really wanted that job satisfaction that came with that frontline work um so yeah I just yeah it just fascinated me being on the front line and, and working with those people. Was there anybody in your family who kind of um you, no, you so had a role model for because I'm was... speaking as a police officer's daughter oh, um, okay, yeah. my dad was a police officer for many years um, ah. but obviously I didn't go into that career no my, my dad's an architect my mum works in marketing and finance and I was the first person in my family to go to uni so okay for any angle but, and it, um... it clearly wasn't inspired by tv shows either because <laughs> unfortunately uh, not we've, we've established <laughs> that neither of you particularly watch crime dramas on telly or the, at least the ones that we discovered um <laughs> <laughs> Lois, what about you? Why the yeah. route to criminology? Really interesting question. Um, for me, I a little bit different. At A level, I kind of had the goal of going into physiotherapy. Um, so I chose quite oh. sciencey A levels, which I very quickly immediately regretted and realised that it just wasn't for me. Um, wasn't very clever at the sciences, I guess. At A level, um, if anyone's ever done A level biology, then hats off yes I did yeah oh god well it's a challenge for me um and I just always had kind of that real interest in crime and criminology in the policing sector um so I chose criminology as a degree with kind of the goal of going into the police full-time um which obviously isn't where that has led me now um but nevertheless kind of loved my degree in criminology and, and loved my time at NTU and obviously the path it's led me to so, yeah, kind of had a very different path of wasn't massively sure what I wanted to do. Then thought I need to do a degree that I actually have a real interest in the mm, subject area. Yeah. Um, so that's what led me to criminology, really. And, and then obviously slightly different career path than I expected. Um, but, yeah, love it nonetheless. I've always said, and I've probably said this on podcasts before, actually, you know, my dad always said, do what you love, love what you do. And, yeah. and that that is the route to having a brilliant career really isn't it yeah. so I'm yeah. um, glad Definitely. to hear that both of you are living that now so Dominic I said in the introduction that you're a policy and scrutiny officer for Nottinghamshire Police and Crime Commissioner's Office yeah. I don't actually know what that is <laughs> no, neither do I. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's actually it's a bit of a um, a lot of people are obviously familiar with our police counterparts but I actually work for the office which is responsible for police governance um, and whereas the police often deal with the operational side of um, 
you know the sort of the bust than the see the stuff you see on the tv drama um we deal with the commissioning side of things so we're sort of responsible for plugging the gaps which the police may not often be able to respond to so we do loads of work around um the victim support services and a lot of the preventative stuff so whereas the police come to an incident after something's occurred we want to actually stop that incident from occurring in the first place um, okay so so we're not talking like line of duty scrutiny <laughs> no, type thing oh, so you are not. laughing and hopefully you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> no but um i sort of plug into this so i plug into the office in the sense that i look for national best practice mostly wow. i look to our partners um i advise on certain particular policy directions so the people we're missing, the marginalised communities. I mean, Lois, you, you know as well as I do, the top agendas at the moment are violence against women and girls, um, organised crime, serious crime, and the race action plan are the, are the big the big things at the moment. So going to Lois, because there's a connection there, you mentioned one of the agendas. Lois, you work for child.org as a project manager, and that's obviously connected to one of those key things that Dominic is looking to address as well. Um, your career change, did it happen after you graduated or was it during uni that you kind of went, oh, no, I, I yeah. don't want to be that police officer. I've explored that and now I'm going to do this. Yeah, of course. So while I was at university, I trained as a special constable for Nottinghamshire Police. So I did that for about a year and a half um, during my second and third year of university. And I really, really loved that experience. I think that offered me really kind of invaluable real life experience in terms of into the criminal justice sector and kind of that frontline policing experience um but then i kind of started to think about whether it was something i wanted to do as a career for kind of the next 20 30 years and i think i had some quite deep discussions with myself about whether it was kind of right for me as an individual and as a career path which is when i stumbled across the civil service fast stream um and just kind of the qualities that they looked for and kind of the job role as a whole was more suited to me as a person and the progression um so i ended up applying for the civil service fast stream in my third year of university and found out in the february just before covid hit that i was successful on the project delivery scheme so kind of changed at uni and obviously got my position while i was at uni just before covid thank god and yeah, my job role has actually just changed. So the civil service fast stream is quite fluid. So you move around placements. So I've done a placement at DEFRA, which is the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, a placement at Home Office. And I've just finished my secondment at child.org, uh, which you mentioned there. Um, I've actually just found out, well, a few months ago, I found out that I was successful um, at a position at the National Crime Agency. Um, wow. So I'm actually moving into a full-time role there. Next week is my first week. Congratulations. Um, we have to pause there and <laughs> yeah. give you a like, <laughs> thank you that's amazing so, so yeah I'm very happy to kind of I've got that experience in the civil service but really really looking forward to moving back into that criminal justice sector side of things and using my degree um to a bit more use and obviously my policing experience so really looking forward to that next step I guess I mean what you're bringing out there Lois is that you know it's absolutely fine yeah. to yeah. change your mind to investigate God. something else to move on to you know and careers now are that moving to something different to like taking your skills with you to exploring a new area in a way yeah. that you know for many people you know in past years it was very much you would graduate university and you'd be in one job for life and and life isn't like that mm. so it's really exciting to hear that that civil service fast track 
gave you those opportunities to try out different things and, and find what you're about and then be able to go on to something else new and us be able to congratulate you on starting a new job <laughs> next week. That's amazing. Um, you said you stumbled upon that programme. What yes. kind of stumbled was that stumbled? I mean, is that, you know, did anyone signpost you or, or were you looking? How did you find it? Um, I think as many third year kind of students do, you start to have a think about where you want to go after graduating. Obviously, you're mostly trying to focus on your dissertation and things like that. Um, so I was really trying to focus on that. But I went to a um, job fair in the Newton yeah. building and that's where I saw the civil service fast stream. Um, I just spoke to a few kind of people there at the stall and ended up going to a talk. Um, so the civil service fast stream is a kind of a really broad program. They have 15 different schemes as such um, against the whole program. So you can choose four of those but for me the project delivery one was kind of the one that I was most interested in I was kind of made aware that the process was very vigorous and it's very very competitive grad scheme I kind of just applied with the thought of you know I'll give it a go yeah um, no kind of real expectation that I would perhaps be successful um, and then I kind of just kept getting through each stage and just kept <laughs> rolling with it and obviously um, got myself to where I am today so very very uh, hard process but yeah it was thanks to the NTU job fair and also um NTU held some fabulous um kind of study sessions and yeah. practice um assessment centers and because that's all part of the process which are really really useful um so if anyone's kind of interested I would really urge looking at those sort of things because it was really useful to kind of help with the process brilliant and I didn't pay you to do the advertising for the employment <laughs> <laughs> so that was free <laughs> but those are there for you that's that's the point um Dominic what was application process like for you yeah I mean should we expect to check in the post for, for <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I might start with um how I actually found the job because Lois has sort yeah, of yeah sure like, yeah triggered, triggered some memories of how I actually fell into it while I was doing my um, third year and my master's degree, I actually used to volunteer for the Police and Crime Commissioner's Office. And I used to go into custody and uh, talk to people who were being held in custody and check on their welfare rights. And before then, I had absolutely no idea what the office did. I had no idea if it, uh, how it existed next to Nottinghamshire Police. And those volunteering opportunities were actually signposted to me by our employability team okay, <laughs> and, right. and the NTSU. So after I sort of volunteered more and more, the office went through a bit of a restructure. And what happened in that restructure is a few roles um, expanded, some some positions popped up, some people moved around. And I thought, well, this restructure is happening at the same time I'm finishing my degree. So I had absolutely no plans whatsoever. <laughs> I, had no, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. I was already working in the third sector at the time on a part-time basis. So I was sort of hoping that I'd keep running with that. But I thought, you know, I just sort of wanted to take a little break after doing two degrees over the course of four years. <laughs> so That's quite um, a lot to pack in. It is. <laughs> so, and then, um, yeah, a position came up. The person who was uh, line managing me at the time said, I think you'll be perfect for the fit. You know, you've got the degrees, you've got the experience. And then I applied and then three months in I'm still here <laughs> yeah so the, the lesson from both of you there is uh, give it a go I think yeah. often people edit themselves out of opportunities don't they they yes. sort of go oh well you know That's I'm only this young yeah. or I'm only yes. dot 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 add whatever you like and yeah. and actually you know again another saying from a dad thank you dad um <laughs> you've got to be in it to win it so yeah. why why yeah. wouldn't you just try it 
yeah, you can easily pack yourself into a box and think you're not good enough. But I think, you know, you can be one of a kind if you make yourself one of a kind. And I could not stress the importance of just getting out there and getting some voluntary experience under your belt and even some part time work. And even if you don't think it's applicable, you always gain those transferable skills. And they are so invaluable. And if you can show them off alongside a top-notch degree at NTU Criminology, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, quite. You're in a, I mean, a sterling position. I, I've I've talked to um, students before when they've come to the enterprise service where I'm based uh, about you know where they say something like, oh well, the only experience I've had is working in a call center. And I'm like, well, that's amazing because you've got mm, got yeah. ways of communicating, talking to people, customer service, all of the things that you really need if you're going to be doing your own business. So there's always transferable skills in in everything. And um, producer Henry, I know used to do stuff in a <laughs> in a retail and uh, restaurant situation. And I'm sure that she could tell us about transferable skills from that Toughens as well. You up. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes, yeah. So real world experience, whether that's volunteering opportunities that are connected to your degree or others, can always be utilized in your career in future. Um, so you know, be proud of the skills that you've gained wherever they've come from. Um, talking of like other skills. I've been learning Spanish for quite a while and I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you can speak a bit of German and Russian, Dominic. Yes, Duolingo is wow. an amazing thing. Isn't it? <laughs> Very, I was worried amazing. you were going to say that about me then. I was like, oh God, I might put that on my LinkedIn. I definitely can't. <laughs> Literally only just started. Um, my dad always used to say that language is information and information yeah, gets good. you everywhere. So I downloaded the classic Duolingo yeah. <laughs> and I'm plugging into that. But you know, when you see those opportunities and you don't realise it's it's too late. I didn't realise that NTU did um, the language services where you could go to classes at the yeah. NTU. I think it's the Global Lounge, is it? But um, I only discovered that in my final term of my master's. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so what you're talking about is what I accessed, the university language programme. So that allows you to take either an evening class or a daytime class in a language and the deal for students is that you pay for the term and then if you pass the exams then you get the money back so that you can spend it on the next term which is just such a fantastic deal so sorry that's a look what you could have won there Dominic (laughs) but thank you the carrot there yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but you found another way to get it so the reason (laughs) I mentioned LinkedIn profiles is it's something again that students often shy away from and Mm. um, you know we had a little nosy at both of your profiles and and they're great so did you get help with that? Are you just geniuses on LinkedIn? And what recommendations have you got for folks who are a bit like, oh, I don't know whether LinkedIn's for me? For me, I think LinkedIn is one of those that, yeah, people do shy away from. And I think they don't realise how valuable it can be. Um, I think just download it, just play around with it. Obviously, connect with some people that you know and just kind of see what other people put on their profiles, just learn from that. Um, I was never really kind of taught, I guess, what to put on my LinkedIn or anything like that. And I did actually have a little nosy at Dom's before this call. Um, uh-huh. and his, his is next <laughs> level compared to mine. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of see what other people tend to repost and kind of chat about on LinkedIn. It's really valuable to just learn from others. So I don't know what you would think, Dom. Yours is, um, yeah, very detailed. So we'll, we'll learn from you, the master. You're making it sound like I pay for the premium but, but it's, uh, 
yeah, I, I would say it's almost invaluable in our sector. But I think for us, especially as an office, we really see the benefit of our social medias and the power that can have in reaching out to students, reaching out to communities, showing them what opportunities are available, showing them what we do and and taking a lot of pride in our work. Because I think to me, especially if I see a, a piece of work I've done sort of a month ago and it's actually shared on the social medias, it gives me a lot of pride and, and a lot of confidence. And NTU, they do it with sort of the student showcases and, you know, it really does build that confidence and that sort of that warm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, no one's taught me it just very much just taught myself <laughs> the other thing I'd say about LinkedIn that I think is really valuable is if you've kind of got a career that you're interested in or uh, especially like a sector for example for me for the National Crime Agency even just following their news like you just said on, yeah. on LinkedIn yeah. and things like that is so valuable for example if you went to an interview having that really up-to-date knowledge of what they're working on in this exact moment and what they're publishing about on LinkedIn and social medias can be really good when it comes to showcasing what you know about the company and what you know about kind of that industry at interview. Um, so I found that really valuable kind of when I went to my interview for the National Crime Agency, just knowing exactly what they're working on at that moment. And, you know, kind of those end of interview questions, being able to ask very detailed questions that I knew from my kind of discovery on LinkedIn and social media mm. is really valuable or even just to kind of keep up to date with the industry that you're interested in um it's just valuable especially if you finish your degree and you know you don't land straight into a job that you want to go into just keeping up with those kind of current affairs of a company or a kind of industry is really valuable and you don't get that kind of same look into it on social media because social media is more kind of about how it looks and everything whereas LinkedIn is very much information based and it really does give you that valuable input so for me I think just keeping up to date with kind of what you want to see on LinkedIn is, is really really useful. So if you want to look them up Dominic Underwood <laughs> and Lois Warner so you can see how it's done and I do know employability offer support on how to make your LinkedIn profile the best it can be and also how to utilize the analytics in the back end of the LinkedIn profile as well so yeah hopefully we've convinced you to get on LinkedIn but now sadly we're running out of time so I just want to ask you one final question we've talked a lot about skills and attributes in this episode but if there's one skill or trait you'd recommend people to gain or develop what would that be Dominic you're looking like you're ready to answer that question I was about to say I feel like classic civil service response is going to be <laughs> critical thinking yeah that, right wow and, and, okay and, and I think that can be very shocking and very sort of all scary but what that means is it, just think outside the box go beyond the parameters of what you think people want you to think think yeah. beyond that I'm going to say think quite a lot now. <laughs> it's gonna... So so where, where would be your go-to place to explore critical thinking? Honestly, voluntary work. Get your hands stuck in. Even some research assistant work. It's experiences that give you that critical thought. Engaging with people you wouldn't normally engage with. Hearing their stories. Um, mm -hmm. Listening to their background. It really gives you that perspective, which it moulds this critical brain of yours. <laughs> which will, it, will, it will start to make you consider. Before I started this job, I had no idea of some of the issues and problems people face. And now it's always at the back of my brain when I'm writing a briefing or writing a report, I'm always thinking of those people who I've met on the streets or in the centres and their stories have inspired me to really make them front and centre. And it really is hammering that home and it's just invaluable. <laughs> Fabulous advice. Thank you so much. Lois, what about you? Yeah, I think obviously what Dominic said is so key, uh, especially in civil service, as you mentioned. Um, 
I guess for me, I think, I guess it's not really a skill, but having that confidence in group settings and building your relationships with all individuals across university. And like you said, going out for those volunteering and getting that part-time work and things like that. A lot of my job is obviously talking to ministers and talking to kind of very high up people in the civil service. And I think if I hadn't tried to build those skills and build my confidence across the kind of sector um, at university, I probably would have struggled when I landed into a full-time role to be able to feel confident in doing so. Um, so I think just for me, just get yourself out there in terms of getting that experience both at university and part-time work and volunteering and yeah, just build your confidence as much as possible to go into the workplace for sure. Brilliant. Thank you. Message from both of you. Get out there and talk to people. So we've already established that neither of you are big TV or film watchers. Maybe though, one of the things that you do is listen to music. Oh yeah, there's yeah. not there's nods there. So finally, what we'd like to do is finish this podcast episode by asking you to name one song that describes or perhaps just even reminds you of your career journey so far. So, Dominic, have you got a song for us? Because we're going to add oh. this to our Spotify career journey playlist. It can be so many. <laughs> but I guess I, whenever I'm coming into work, I really want to listen to something upbeat, something that's going to, I could go for the classic Will Ferrell, but I'm really into Meatloaf at the moment and Bat Out of Hell is, oh, wow. is my top song at the moment. And whenever I'm going into work, it's just, it gets me in such a good mood. <laughs> so, Love it. Yeah. Lois, what's yours? What's the song for your career? Or oh. just one that's inspiring you to get to work in the morning or get out of bed? <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't have a commute to work at the moment. So yeah, it's just roll out of bed. But um, okay. mine's very cliche. You can feel free to laugh. It is, mine would be Don't Stop Believing, which... It's really oh, bad. Great. I just had to Google who the original is by because I only know the Glee version, which just shows my age, <laughs> <laughs> my journey. Um, I think for me, it was a case of, as I've kind of mentioned, I had several uh, times where I didn't know what I wanted to do and I tried something and wasn't sure. And then I did different placements um, on my civil service classroom. Um, so it was just a case of believing in myself, believing my journey and getting to kind of the career I wanted to obviously now uh, starting next week so yeah that's mine very cliche oh, no <laughs> just not cliche just well maybe cliche but I don't care <laughs> amazing cringe. both of them really like great powerful songs yes. that yeah I'm, I'm getting excited just thinking about them I am not going to sing them though I have been known to sing on the podcast before um, but unfortunately for those of you who love my singing that is sadly all we've got time for today thank you Dominic and Lois and thank you for listening this has been the latest episode of working on it so if you've enjoyed it please do check out our other episodes subscribe leave a review and recommend us to your friends and we look forward to seeing you next time bye